Hello and welcome to The Final Whistle. I'm Steve Forbes. And I'm Kenzie Benali. And a frustrating night here at St Mary's as the bees inflict another sting into Southampton's survival hopes. And here to unpick the action from this evening with us, we have Dean Hammond and Joe Prince. Right, Dean, let's come to you first. What did you make of the game? I think you just summed it up rightly there, Steve. Just, just frustrating, really. Um, an opportunity missed, but... I think in these moments, you have to give credit to Brentford. They're a really effective team. Look, they put a lot of pressure on, on Southampton, didn't let Southampton to get into any rhythm at all. They pressed them high up the pitch. They won second balls. They do the basics of football so, so well, really, really well. And they're a difficult team to play against. Good um, in terms of attacking set pieces, they're getting their goal, and good defending set pieces as well. But for Southampton, lots of possession, um, lots of territory, especially in the second half, but just lack that quality on, on that final delivery, that final ball, which would be the frustration because you would like to think in that the amount of territory you had, we'd be able to pick one delivery that would, would cause Brentford some problems. But they defended well, really. And I think in those moments when Brentford is soaking up the pressure, they're dealing with it very very, very well. We, you need a little bit of variety and a little bit of craft and just someone to do something a little bit different. Uh, maybe that's a, a Stuart Armstrong coming onto the pitch just to try a little pass that may not come off once, may not come off the second time, but the third time he may just get someone in. So there were moments for Southampton, um, but it was a frustrating night and it was just credit to Brentford, but there was just moments where, especially in the first half, we, we looked... There was an unwillingness to, to run in behind, I think, and it was more everything to feet and try to build up a little bit slow. We we played a little bit safe at times, going sidewards or going backwards, trying to keep possession. I get that to draw uh, Brentford out, but then we needed to go quick. You know, instead of taking that second, that third touch, one, two touch, combinations, in running behind, maybe win a throw on, build a bit of momentum, a bit of pressure, and it just didn't quite happen tonight. And you have nights like that. It's... And maybe, you know, we built it up before the game, the importance of the game. But I suppose maybe we forget this is a young team. And it may be just a little bit of pressure got them tonight, that little bit of expectation that, oh, look, we can get out of the bottom three. Maybe this group is not quite ready for that yet. And it maybe have been better going the other way, just saying it's another game. Let's build into it. Let's play the game, not the occasion. Um, but learning curves for the players, learning curves for, for Ruben Sellers as well. He's done a fantastic job since he's come in. So, look... It's still only two points from safety, so the gap has not got any bigger. Yes, we played an extra game, but points are important and there's 11 games left, so it's still possible. Just a frustrating night, but one thing you do have to learn from tonight is you have to learn and you have to take it into the next game and improve and, and that's the next step. Yeah, was that the crux of it, Joe, then? Because Southampton did see a lot of possession, but, you know, as Dean said, played it safe maybe in the final third. Yeah, I just don't think there was enough urgency tonight, Steve, from the start. And that was a bit surprising given the situation, like we mentioned, you win and you're out of the bottom three. That was the sort of carrot dangling in front of Saints. And they never seemed to have that real belief tonight that they were going to go out and score and go ahead and win this game. And I think that's the most uh, disappointing thing that Ruben Sellers will be disappointed because generally on the ball, they had a lot of the ball. They were creating chances, moving it wide, getting it into good positions, but... Dean hit an hour on the head. The quality in the final third just wasn't there, as it hasn't been for a lot this season, really, if we're frank about it. Um, and there wasn't a lot of support for Shea Adams. I thought he had some really good hold-up play tonight, but just really wasn't enough people 
in and around him to cause Brentford problems. And then, of course, Brentford scoring the goal in the first half just allowed them to sit back and, and say to Saints, go on, break us down. And then they're very good being direct on the counter. So that was always a threat. But, you know, Saints can't be too despondent. They mentioned that they're you know, only two points off safety. Brentford are a very good team. They're pushing for Europe for a very good reason. They're very good at doing the basics well. They did that tonight. And I think they just kind of held Saints at arm's length. And um, there's some big battles ahead. Uh, this young team can't get, you know, too downbeat. Uh, but this this was a very disappointing setback, I think, because we all believe that this was the night when they could really kick on and take that next step in their journey to safety, but wasn't to be. Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out, courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. It's the second game of a big week. Spurs to come on Saturday. Can Southampton get back-to-back home wins for Jan Elt? Support behind him, cross from Hickey. Put into the penalty area, might fall to Empremo, and it's saved by Bazunu somehow. Almost with his backside, I thought that was 1-0. We've had two occasions where Tony's been on his own in the box from set pieces, and one for Ben Mee. So here comes the corner from the right this time. Left footed into the near post, Norgard got the flick on. It was simple route one stuff, and it's worked. And it is Ivan Tony, I think, who's got the final touch. His 16th Premier League goal of the season, and Brentford's top scorer won't score a simpler one all campaign. Ward Prowse and Diallo sitting and I haven't really worked out as a great ball from Alcaraz puts Walker Peters in the penalty narrow angle pulls it back oh Rea makes a great save as Adams slid in to get the shot in he did nothing wrong but David Rea made a brilliant save for Brentford and Saints on the verge like I said of their 17th defeat of the season then he lost 16 the whole of last season Long ball in for Brentford from the free kick and the drive comes in and Bazunu has to make his first save of the second half from Damsgaard strike. Bazunu's long clearance, first header won by Brentford, second header won by Tony, whistles through on goal, this could be it, sign seal delivered, scores and Brentford have beaten Southampton at St Mary's and that goal from Johan Whistler sparks a mass exodus from the stadium as Brentford celebrate their 10th win of the Premier League season. Dean, both you and Joe have mentioned the fact that this was a disappointing, frustrating night. Uh, but I think the thing that will be particularly frustrating for Ruben Sellers was that the fact the Brentford goal came from a set piece. What happened there? Well, it will be a frustration, Kenzie, because Southampton really lost the game because of that goal. I know it ended up 2-0, but that's a last minute. The goal, the game was probably over um, by then, in, in, in all honesty. And it's, I think that's the issue you have with zonal marking, it's, it's a lack of responsibility, really. You really don't know, you know, it's not a man-for-man marking. I know my job, I know who I'm marking, so I follow him, I'll look out for blocks. It's more I'm in an area, and if the ball comes into this area, I'll attack it. And what happened is, Ivan Tone is really clever. He's he's probably seen from the first two or three corners that Southampton got a warning from, that he's seeing that Southampton are marking zonally, and he just pulled onto Carl Walker-Peters, thinking, well, if Carl Walker-Peters is going to stay at the back, we get a delivery to the back post, then I've, I'm going to outmuscle him, I'm going to outpower him. And that's what happened, really. But it comes from a delivery where um, Norgard just is free. He, he starts in the pack of the Southampton players where there's zonal marking, and he kind of drifts out and then goes to the front post. And this is, I suppose, really what I've been talking about all season. In that moment, there has to be communication. Someone has to tell James Will Prowse that he's coming into his area. So then Prowse, he can take a step to his right-hand side, get his arm out, and he doesn't let him across him. 
but Prowse is a little bit square, but if someone just tells him, then he's fully aware and he can he can just move to the side and then that flick doesn't happen. It goes into a Southampton player, the ball gets cleared. So these are the small details that are really, really important. Then Cole Walker-Peters is just the wrong side of, of Ivan Tony, And in his situation, you know, he's he's really, really strong. It's difficult then to, de- to defend that. So it's disappointing because you lose a game on a set piece. If you lose a game from uh, Brentford playing, having a brilliant bit of play, they get the ball wide, they cross it in, they score. You hold your hands up and think, great football. But from a set play, it's, it's a disappointment. It really, really is to, to lose a game. But Brentford are good from set plays. You can see they work really, really hard on it. And they're a big physical team. And they're aggressive. They want to win the first contact. They want to win the second contact. If it comes out, they want to win the second phase. So... Credit to them, but the disappointment is just that naivety from a young team, I think. Well, there was more bad news for Southampton eight minutes into the second half, Joe, when Carl Walker-Peters went off injured, which was a real shame because he, he was one of our main threats. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, he's holding sort of his hamstring, so hopefully that's not a reoccurrence of that injury. But yeah, you're spot on, Steve. I think at that point early in the second half, I mean, he got in uh, behind the left back. Uh, obviously, Chan's nearly scored. It kind of got bundled off the line. Not sure if it was by a Brentford player or, or Sulemana. Uh, and Saints are really on top there. They're finding little spaces, little gaps that Walker Peters was overlapping and, and getting on the end of and whipping in some great crosses. So hopefully, fingers crossed, that isn't too serious. And it was just a precaution with the Tottenham game on Saturday in mind. But we all know what a huge player he is for Southampton. Gives them such a just an extra quality on, on the in attack on the right-hand side, bombing on there, has done ever since he's joined Saints. So, uh, yeah, hopefully he's not out for that long. But I think him coming off, and then also the two subs, Lavia and Walcott, yeah, we want to see him come on. But actually at that point of the game, Diallo was getting on the ball and being incisive with forward passes. Al Yunusi was popping up in some really dangerous areas, which was allowing Walker-Peters to then go on. So I almost felt like that triple sub just kind of, sucked their life out of Saints a little bit and they never really recovered in the second half because they were all over Brentford early in the second half and it looked like at that point there was only going to be one team that was going to score the next goal. So, uh, yeah, really disappointing. Fingers crossed Walker-Peters is fit for Saturday and it's nothing too serious because, again, he had another great game going forward and we know he's going to be so important for Saints in these final months of the season. Yeah, Dean, let's talk more about the second half. It was particularly frustrating, wasn't it? Because Saints had a lot of the ball, but never really forced David Rea into action. I mean, I think it's fair to say we haven't exactly been prolific in front of goal this season, but one shot on target suggests that this was a particularly bad night. Yeah, it was just the, the quality in, in the final third, Kenzie. There wasn't really a problem getting to those positions. There was some... Um, good interchange in terms of passing through the midfield to get the ball wide. But I think Brentford allowed that. Joe mentioned that. They wanted the ball to go wide. They wanted Southampton to to cross the ball because their defenders are very, very good at attacking the ball. They're aggressive. Um, It looks like they've been drilled really, really well. I can imagine they do a lot of practice of that in training. And they kind of set those traps for Southampton to almost allow them to get that into those positions to cross the ball. So, it became a little bit predictable, I think, at, at times. And it just needed, like I mentioned, something different. Maybe when the ball goes wide, instead of the fullbacks making an overlap, can they do an underlap? Can they run inside? And then that may leave the winger in a one-on-one situation to, to go past the players. But even when that happened, the delivery just 
just wasn't quite there. It was either over hit, it was under hit. Players were making runs to the near post. The ball was going to the back post. Just that lack of, I suppose, uh, communication again of, of, of players' demand. If Shea Adams wants the ball to the near post, if it doesn't happen, he needs to tell the player. That next time, then the winger goes, right, I'm going to play that to the near post next time because that's where Shea's going to be. But again, it, midfield players come out. Could they have a shot from distance? We we looked, at, we hesitated in those moments, I, I think, tonight. And that was... That was the frustration, really. But I have to say, I have to give Brentford credit. They're a good team. They really, really are. And I can see why they're, I don't know where they're, seventh in the table now, sixth, seventh in, in the table, pushing for a European place. They're really effective. They look like they're well-drilled. And one thing about them, they're aggressive, but they're fit as well. You know, they, they could play like that for 90 minutes when the ball went wide, they went into box, and then they counter-attack with, with pace. So... They're a good team, but the frustration is Southampton could have done a little bit more, I think. Yeah, some salt was rubbed into the wound right at the death as well, Joe. And Johan Visser added a second for Brentford in added time. What did you make of the closing stages? Yeah, I think that was just, yeah, like you said, rubbed salt into the wounds, one clearance, one header, great flick by Tony, and then Visser was clean through and he's clinical enough to put that away. So um, I just, again, I, I was looking at, off the bench, obviously, bring on Paul Anuachu. Then there wasn't really any balls up to him. And there was maybe an argument today. I know Adam Armstrong and Saquon Mara have had a lot of opportunities off the bench recently, but this was actually probably the game to bring them on and find those little spaces, a little burst of pace in and around the box and, and just try and make something happen. But um, late on, Saints obviously took more chances. I think I even saw Jan Bednarak getting the shout to go up front late on and just pile everyone forward and just knock some long balls up there. So, again, it was very predictable. I mean, seeing some stats here, it was Saints attempted 563 passes in this game, which is their highest total in a single game this season. So it shows you they had so much of the ball. But, again, Brentford had them at arm's length and just said, go on, you have it. We're, we're very comfortable defending any crosses or any balls that you're putting in. And it was all very safe. It was all very safe. And again, some of the feedback coming out from the players afterwards, Roman Perro, who I thought just kept working really hard down the left, but maybe didn't pick out the right cross or the right pass. But he said, we'll keep fighting for this club and the fans and they'll never give up. And I actually believe that. I truly, truly believe that this set of players are doing everything they possibly can to get out of this situation. And all it's going to take is a bit of luck. I mean, they haven't scored a lot of goals this season, but they have put themselves in the right positions. And it's that bit of luck, bit of quality. Um, and you look at Brentford just being good at set pieces, being good in the finer details, the fine margins. There is not much between basically the entire bottom half of the Premier League. So um, I, I just think we have to all keep believing as Saints fans. And, and I think this team have the spirit and the fight and they never gave up tonight, but it just wasn't their night and the quality in the final third. That's what they have to improve on, sharpen up in training. And um, I think that's what's, you know, that's what's missing right now. And Brentford, very, very good in those areas. And that's why they won the game tonight. Well, let's get the thoughts of the manager now. Here's what Ruben Sellers had to say after the match. Well, I think the boy, the game was uh, managed in the key moments, and then we were not uh, good enough in the key moments. I think those, those couple of set plays leading into the into the goal, uh, we can defend it better. We as a team, and then uh, when I think we, we were 
we were structured, we have some of our principles, unfortunately we didn't make uh, this last bit in the final third, and then when we were just trying to chase the game in the last minute, uh, one, uh, we were not structured for that long ball and the second action, and then we conceded the second one, again it was about key moments. You started the second half really well and, and caused them some real problems there, I mean fine margins again isn't it, if you get the goal there it's, it's a different game isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. That's why we need to, to be able to manage those moments a little bit better, to be able to, to keep the zero in the opponent's score, just to give us the, the possibility to, to win football matches. We have it, uh, unfortunately, we don't have all the chances that uh, we want to create in, the, in that period. But I think, uh, I think in some moments we show what we are and we need to work to continue doing and to do it more often in the pitch. Yeah, and you've been on a really good run coming into this game too. How much is this all just part of the process at the moment and, and like you say, that learning and improving? Yeah, I think I think in every process you have some ups and downs. And of course, today we are disappointed. We won the three points. We want to make a good performance. We, we as a team were not exactly good enough like that and we lost the game. And uh, I think we need to use the game, evaluate the game, learn from it and then be ready in three days to play against Tottenham. Let's look ahead to Spurs at the weekend, Dean. What are your early thoughts ahead of that one? Another opportunity, Kenzie. Um, and actually, I think we're at the moment, especially the way we're playing, we're better against the bigger teams, the so-called bigger teams. We, we've shown that Chelsea, Manchester United, um, putting really, really good performance. Um, so that's a positive and it's a chance to, to react really um, and move on from this performance tonight and this result. Um, think about it, allow it to hurt a little bit and then refocus on, on Thursday, Friday, recover um, and then come into the game Saturday. So look, Tottenham are a good team, but they've had an up and down season as well and they're, they're beatable. They, they really, really are. They're a good team. They've got some good attacking players. But like I say, that may help Southampton because Tottenham will be determined to win this game. So they will open up. There may be some more spaces for Southampton to soak up some pressure and then play on that counter-attack. There might be some more one-on-one -on -one situations that Southampton can get into tonight instead of playing against the Brentford team where there's five, six bodies in the box and it's really hard to, to break down. So there's another opportunity to get three points. And the blessing we have, it's so close. It's so close down there. Two points from, from safety. No teams are pulling away. If anything, more teams are getting sucked into it. So there's going to be twists and turns until the end of the season. There's 11 games left, lots of points to, to play for. Um, the manager's come in and done really, really well of late. We've picked up some great results. It's changed the mood around the place. We've got a bit of hope again. Just need to continue to hold on to that hope. And what did we say before the Man United game? If we get four points from this week, it will be a brilliant return. And that's still possible. So we hold on to that. Spurs are a team that do blow hot and cold, Joe, but they are in fourth place, you know, those Champions League positions, and they're not going to want to let up with Newcastle hot on their heels with a couple of games in hand. So it is going to be a tough match. Yeah, really tough, Steve. I mean, you can't underestimate this at all. They've got so many great attacking players and Saints, again, they're going to have to be solid defensively. We've seen that they've improved in that area generally, but they've just got to have something in attack this weekend. It's got to be, um, you know, staying in the game, to the start of the second half, hopefully it's level. And then they just got to go for it. These are the, you know, heading into the international break. This is the final game before that. You have to go for the win here. I don't think um, a draw, I don't think Ruben Sellers is going to send them out there if it's level and say, we'll be happy with a draw. I think that they just got to go for this one and try and get in a really positive mindset going into the international break. But to give you a positive stat, um, only Brentford, Brighton and Newcastle outside of the top six 
had picked up more points than Saints against the big six this season. So Saints have been very, very good uh, against uh, the big boys, shall we say, in the Premier League. And as Dean mentioned there, I think Tottenham will come to St Mary's, expect to have plenty of the ball, expect to create chances. But they do leave gaps, especially on the counter-attack. So I'd love to see someone supporting Shea Adams if he does start up there again, getting someone like Sulemano or Alcaraz around him closer and building some kind of combination. And I just think that quality has to be better from set-piece situations, Walprouse whipping them in, wide areas. If you can do that, Tottenham have shown that they can be very fragile. And like you said at the start, very hot and cold this season. So hopefully... They have a cold day, Saints have a hot day, and we're all happy uh, at the end of the day on Saturday. Yeah, let's hope it'll be all smiles. I tell you what, I love a Joe Prince right stat, don't you? Me too, me too. Oh, brilliant. Uh, Joe, Dean, always great to have you both on the show. Thanks ever so much for your company. And a thanks, as always, to all of you for tuning in from home. Now, as we've mentioned, the Saints are back in action here at St Mary's Stadium again on Saturday. That's a 3pm kickoff to take on Tottenham. So we'll be live from 1.45. Do make sure you join us then. Bye for now. See you soon.